Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Geek Lag. I'm your host and dungeon master for this evening, TJ, and you're watching another D&D party. Start over. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to hold it as long as I could. I was like, I'm breathing. Rylai died. We're going to try this again. <laughs> Get it all out He's now. still back. Go, go ahead. Go I ahead. need to borrow this for a second. <laughs> yeah. Is my mic up too loud? No. I think it is. Okay. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Geek Flag. I am your host and dungeon master for the evening, TJ, and you are watching another D&D party. Our last session found our party continuing their journey through the kobold-infested caverns underneath Ula's navel, nearing evermore to the epicenter of the power that feeds the giant tree. They fought their way through both traps and raiding parties, through caverns once inhabited by goblins long ago, as evident by the architecture, and the fact that the party found an ancient goblin corpse and the area was dotted with them. As they progressed, they found that the traps seemed more rushed, like the kobolds were trying to find new ways to trap the caverns ahead of the party as they progressed. Finally, after a grueling journey through the caverns, the party found a stairwell down covered in brambles that looked like the same corruption affecting both the kobolds, Sildrian's wife Liana in the visions, and the Kruthic Hive Lord so long ago in the Mushroom Caverns. The party traveled downward, stealing themselves to fear and clapping back against Morgul who taunted them as they descended. At the bottom of the brambled steps, they found themselves in a large, circular, stinking room. Surrounded and filled with corrupted brambles, a pink crystal coffin in the center of the room surrounded by burbling pools of acid. Above the coffin, floating, is a melon-sized black and violet egg. Eslin, entering the room, clapped to the egg. Huh, I thought you'd be bigger. To which, unfurling from behind it, liquid shadow, the antithesis of the liquid light that you saw in the tree, moved towards the party and spread its wings. From the top of the dragon's... From the top of the dragon-shaped shadow, the skull of a black dragon, full-size, though shaped more like that of a wormling roiled forth from the shadow and stood ten feet above the party. Once the ethereal body of Morgul, the caustic ruin, finished manifesting, his voice echoed through the cavern. Welcome! Shall we begin? As the... As the throes of Morgul's voice echo throughout the bramble chamber, what little light in here emanating from the coffin in the center of the room flickers. And the shadows that make up Morgul's body and the shadows of the brambles around the room lengthen and writhe like spined tendrils across the ground. You could almost convince yourself that it's a trick of the eye if it wasn't for the disturbed pools of acid as the shadows touch and penetrate them. You can hear them hiss and pop as though they're reacting to the shadows themselves. On the note of the coffin, the light that you can see seems to be coming from two different places. The coffin itself seems to emanate light, but there's also an orb of light around the coffin that seems to meet about 30 feet above it and shoots a beam of light to a tiny pinprick far above that you can assume is the bottom of the crystal chamber and the bottom of Ula's navel. I think we even saw the light from the top at Correct. some point. Oh, we saw one kind of light. Mm -hmm. From somewhere above, you can hear liquid dripping into the acid puddles as well, giving slight tss, 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 
when they land within. The air here is pungent, thick, oily even. It clings to you, and you can feel it doing so, making your skin or metal or armor clammy and making the chamber feel cold. A light, thrumming vibration of arcane energy can be heard from the center of the room. And though your guts wish they could say otherwise, you hear chittering through the brambles that sounds like that of the kobolds. So you have finally come to my lair. Why have the ants sought their way to me and my grandeur? As we all look at Eslin. <laughs> I don't know. After her sass last game. <laughs> I will step up this, next to Eslin as she speaks. This will no longer be your space. Really? Yes. And what makes you think that, morsel? Because I'm here to end you. And just what? And he pauses in the conversation for a moment, and you see the shadow flit to the side. You almost feel as though the wings surround and almost caress you. Do you intend to do? Unconsciously, all of a sudden there's a little flame in her hand. What I need to. You have drugs so many with you. I wonder if I were to leave you alive, could you handle that guilt? She's drugged none of us. We are here as friends to support her, and we will help her do what it takes to fix this. You can hear his laughter <laughs> echoing through the chamber. You feel and sort of see the shadow move back. And it's a point of note. It's very odd that there is a living shadow in front of you, much like the, the roiling light that you guys saw up in the tree. It is a living shadow. But as it moves, it feels more like it is the shadow underneath that is pulling the visible effigy with it rather than the visible effigy itself moving. The shadow underneath Morgul moves backwards to the other side of the coffin. And you can see its wings unfurl in the light in the coffin flickers once again as he nears the egg. But what of my armies? I hear they gave you quite the time on your way here. You think they did? We're still here. We dealt with them. I think they may be lying. <laughs> <laughs> your reports might not be true. Yet I look. I see through all of you. I can see your pain. I can see your weariness why not rest and as he says the word rest it echoes all of you begin to feel the sway of something trying to control your mind 
I'm going to need... What is the save for that? I suddenly don't remember. What is it? I'm pulling it up real quick. Is it charm or sleep? It is technically charm, yes. I can roll it advantage. <laughs> so can Me you. <laughs> Me three. Also. Awesome. Adventure over. <laughs> I thought about that. I was like... It is right. a wisdom saving throw. Is this the that's up against charmed? Yes. Yes, it is a considered a charmed condition. Is it magic sleep though? No. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> Talk to this one. <laughs> oh no. Hmm. He I'm spent most of last week in dice jail, and he's already I'm up rolling that way. 30, 20. Okay. 19 total. Okay. 19 also. Okay. Uh, 16. Okay. And Is sale. Wisdom? Yeah, wisdom saving throw. Uh, 13. <clears throat> 7. <laughs> That's more of a defense. Bruh. Sorry, Bruh. that wasn't me reminding you. That was me reminding me. Like, oh, Can I take this one instead? <laughs> no. It's a natural 20, though. Uh, okay. What did you roll, sale? 13. 13. The DC to beat was an 18. Woo! Gosh dang Oh, good. I'm not the only nappy person. <laughs> as I need it's, it's less of a compulsion to nap as it is a compulsion to sit, rest, collect yourselves. You should sit here for probably a day or so. Thank you. Uh he casts mass suggestion. I'm just going to have to punch him like I did Hammer. So, <laughs> do we see them just sit down? Sail, which are Pretty much. You see them, you see the ones that failed, which would be uh, Hammer, uh, Volkir, and Sail just kind of start throwing camp bedroll lay down type thing to chill and rest. Okay, uh, I like seeing the <laughs> four people that is around because he is not stepping up to this thing. Uh, he would just kind of see they all sit down and just sit down with them and then lean into Hammer and go what are we doing? Resting. Oh, good. And then he just flips open his spell book and just starts reading it and he's going to start to do arcane recovery, which only happens in a short rest. Right, so. right, right, right. So you're just expecting us to talk to him for the next hour while you do start arcane recovery? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what uh, is I thought that was very clear. Oh. Nothing yeah, I, like willingly failing a mass suggestion saving throw. No, <laughs> I, I'm trying to deceive him, but I'll roll if you need to. It's a negative one, so I very much think he just sees through. Just it. for fun, give me a give me a Okay, okay. It's minus one. It's a seventeen. Oh! Hey! <laughs> I did not think I was gonna get that. <laughs> I was not deceiving it's, myself. It's, it's believable enough. So all four people in the back sit down. Yep. We vibing. I just hit them all with my maul in one big swipe. And then Naya, when uh, you look back, you just see Rylight give you a thumbs up and go back to reading his book. I'll wink and turn back. Her wisdom's high enough to understand what that meant, I'm assuming. Unless you want me to roll an insight. 
No, you're good. <laughs> yeah, because I'm guessing everyone else is more like worried about themselves making beds, and Rylight's the only one that's just like looked up and signaled. <laughs> yep. Oh, this rock looks comfortable. Oh dear. Which ones do you want to take? <laughs> you have a connection to Saul. I'll start with Valkyrie. I don't want to hit him. <laughs> I don't want to hit him. It works for hammer. But that's hammer. Saul's <laughs> a little more delicate than him. Saul is who, squishy. Don't hit the one that uses monopoly squishy. dice. Don't hit squishy. <laughs> but it works with hammer. But she. But Saul is more Sayul delicate is than hammer. Although a short rest would be nice. You have to spell magic. <laughs> For the record, the You're duration of magic? the compulsion is 24 hours. Oh, okay. I, don't, I, don't. I don't have it prepared yes. today because I didn't think I would need to. Retcon, retcon that. I mean, this was like the same thing that happened last time, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. I walk up and hit hammer. No. <laughs> <laughs> It worked last time. I'm going to try it again. You can try. <laughs> As she does that, I walk over to Volkir, and we'll do that after we find out what happens when she hits Hammer. <sighs> Not so fast. I didn't give the out this time. Your friends will rest until they have completed their command. Well, all right then. Guess it's just us. Guess so. <laughs> I believe in you. I mean, I do hit him. Did it not work? <laughs> no, like, I'll let you roll the attack and everything. It's non-lethal damage, I assume. Depending <laughs> on your level of frustration. <laughs> He's got to hit me. I'm on the ground, so I guess it'd be an advantage. Oh, wait. No, incorrect. I read the spell wrong. So he is, yeah. Go ahead and roll the damage. Um, uh, well, she's got to hit me, me first. Roll hit yeah, roll, roll to hit. Do I have an advantage because he's sitting there resting? He or, would technically sure. be yeah. prone. Yeah. So wait, since he's prone and she's hitting him with a melee, isn't that an auto crit? No, that's only if they're incapacitated. Well, I mean, he can st- like he's still that's putting right. stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Stare, um, it's like, just oh, no. a plus three. Hammer's just my dead. strength, right? Yeah, it's an unarmed strike. So, oh, yeah, I'm dumb. Which I believe you do have unarmed fighting as a barbarian. I do not remember. Oh, I, yeah, I get a plus six to hit him with mm-hmm. advantage. Oh, that's a 23. That just hits. That hits. <laughs> <laughs> and a nat one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so yeah, the, the you you ball up your fist. I just do four damage yeah. straight. Yep. So you ball up your fist. Think about it for a second. Adjust it so it's the shield, not your fist. And you bap the metal man in the head, uh, dealing four damage, and the spell effect does end on you, Hammer. Liar. I'll go hit Volkir. <laughs> I've got Volkir. Oh, you, got Volkir. you deal with Seol. But remember, say you're squishy. Thank you. Don't hurt it. Can I hit him and pull the punch to do like half damage? <laughs> flick, flick the ear. The mom flick. Yeah. 
But you can do fire damage. Roll to hit. And I will let you roll a strength check to see how well you control your strength. Okay. I mean, it's still an AC of 18. Well, yeah. Sales AC is like 6. 12. 6. 12. 6. It is actually 12. I'm rolling a strength check. Yes. 8 total? You you try to kind of hold it back a little bit. Unfortunately, you just kind of misjudge distance. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of emotion going on. Uh, just kind of clock sail upside so the sorry, head I'm for so four sorry, damage. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I like punch him and then like bring him into a hug like immediately. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what was that for? Does a 19 Yes. Oh, shoot. <laughs> you don't know that I'm faking it. I so got, Riley likes reading his book as Metal Man just comes up. I got and just <laughs> cold cocks you in the temple. <laughs> ah! I wasn't under this. Oh, I got I got you. the little one. Good job, Hannah. I'm just holding Sale and petting his head. Well, Kira goes, is just I'm incredibly so sorry, Mike. Like, this is too close, too, too close. <laughs> Oh god, that one. So sorry, so sorry. So you go to punch him, and you manage to kind of misjudge as well. Again, very, very intense happenings going on. So you just kind of hit the edge of the helmet, and it spins around on his head for a second. It kind of lands facing the other way, Volkir. I was going to say, if I'm laying down, wouldn't that also be an advantage? Yeah, it would be an advantage. Oh yeah. I thought you rolled an advantage. My apologies. No, I didn't. Oh, okay, so it's, it's still better. it still thunks. It doesn't go quite all the way around. It just knocks it like <laughs> twenty <laughs> degrees to one side. <laughs> uh, you still feel compulsed to rest. I'll hit him. <laughs> Let's find a nice rock. No, 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 no. I'm getting some kind yeah. of anger yeah. out. Guys, uh, I need help over here. <laughs> I walk over to Volkir. Uh, my Take off his helmet. On the dragon oh. the whole time. <laughs> that and might uh, be at a disadvantage to pull the helmet off. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't pull it off. I just... There's a slidey thing, right? The visor? Yeah, the visor. <laughs> that depends. Like, what is the nature of your helmet? Is it just like... Is it a sli- Great helm, there's a slit for your eyeballs, or... Mm. Yeah, there well, might be a visor. <laughs> okay. Right, like, lifts up the visor. Goes, there's a mask. It goes, you know, I said I wouldn't do this ever again, but I'm sorry. Picks up a pebble, uses magical tinkering to make the worst odor ever again. Puts it in the helmet and shuts the visor. Looks around, looks at Seoul, and just waves. (laughs) Like a smelling of salt effect. Yeah. Yeah. You see an incredibly tense sail in Naya's arms just glaring Naya's, at Naya's you. crushing him because she feels so bad that she hit him. So, a couple of points of note. Number one, the dragon is very confused as to what is actually happening right now. Raylight looks at Sayola and goes, hey, just be glad it wasn't you. Looks Number at the dragon, two. sees it, and goes, you want some? Pulls up another pebble. Number two... Volkir, you did not think that anything could be stronger than the stench down here, and boy, howdy, were you wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 
It smells worse than any of the monster lairs you've ever been through. It smells worse than any sort of rotten vegetation, garbage, anything you've ever been around. It smells worse than the bodies you have been near. <laughs> Volkir will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing them all together might come close. There is I'm no description for what I am smelling. Going to have you... <laughs> I am aware. <laughs> I'm going to have you give me a constitution saving throw. Oh, I can do those. Should I use my nine now? <laughs> 18. Okay, you managed to swallow it down, and you are still under the effects of it as you kind of pull the uh, pebble out of your visor. You should have used the nine. <laughs> I should have. I look at the rest of the group and go, okay, someone take care of them. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely need a nap after well that. Done. Well <laughs> done. Yeah. Uh, that's a 19 plus whatever my hit is. Well, I think that one hits. Hey. That hits. <laughs> I was going to say, Ezlon's going to druid craft something that smells better here <laughs> and kind of puff it towards his nose. So at the same time as this wonderfully sweet scent is starting to go by your nose, a giant metal fist comes from the other side and just... <laughs> In the side of your head for, what, four damage? Four damage? And you are no longer under the effects of the spell, and your senses are very confused. I'm very confused. You are very confused. After this dungeon, Volkir is never walking with us ever again. While the infighting is entertaining, this was not the intent of my spell. This was not infighting, but okay. <laughs> Maybe you cast it wrong. <laughs> Unlikely. The dragon is bad at magic, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if a dragon could pout. <laughs> I win! I have yes. a person and my name's here. Crawls back in his egg. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I'll, I'll just wait another thousand years. I'll wait for the next batch of uh, I'll wait until this isn't the group fighting me. <laughs> so you'll wait for Esden's children? Tell me. Why have you come down here without the information necessary to deal with me or whatever it is you are wishing. <clears throat> Who says we don't have what we need? He turns his head. I say turns his head, but the skull kind of rotates in the direction of the crystal coffin. <clears throat> the child told me so. Insight check. Feel free to roll it. Where's my first banner roll? Of Thirteen. Um, it's kind of hard to get a bead on him, but what he says does not seem to have much of a ring of truth to it. There's something to it. But eh, maybe it's an extension of the truth. 
Children make excellent liars. Hmm. Yes, they do. <clears throat> he flits around the chamber again, the shadows lengthening, the acid hissing, the acid popping. Those of you that are standing a little closer to the back of this feel the tendrils seemingly loosely wrap around your ankles and as you look down you can see that they have kind of intertwined with your own shadows but have not come forward far enough to actually grasp a hold of anything the light in the center of the room brightens and the shadows are held at bay once again this is this is very indicative of this back and forth between what you assume to be Aubriel and more ghoul and this ever feeding off of each other ever cycling through one another and since you have all come here everything seems to be heightened for lack of better terminology Aubriel is stronger than you think using her name because names have power yes. She might have been once, but that was hundreds of years ago, and her useless father failed to follow through with his end of the ritual. Therefore I am here, my power grows, and hers is failing, and once I absorb her light, I will be unstoppable. Keep thinking that. Tell me, Aslan. You see that shadow move again and come up to you. The tips of his wings that are in the ground intermingling with your own shadow. And once again, you feel it. It's uncomfortable. Again, fire mm-hmm. in her hand with the light. Yes. Again, Almost unconsciously. Yes. She just brings it up. And you can see that there is some sort of effect. It's not not affecting him. Light does something here. You just don't know what. Tell me. Do you hear them? The drums of war have sounded. Soon, Hextor shall release me from this prison. And our reign of terror will once again peel across this realm like a plague. Do you wish to see this future? And as you begin to formulate your response, your vision blurs, all of you. Your vision blurs. And then the room darkens. The light nearly being snuffed out by the power of the shadow. These tendrils shoot forward, wrap around all of you, even though they are just shadows wrapping around your own shadows. Your vision goes black completely. You see yourself standing once again outside.
The air is heavily tainted with the sight and smell of blood. The sky red like fire, not from the moonlight, but from the flames burning the city of Eldrick. Around you, the people are fighting as countless metallic skeletal creatures flood the walls of the city through the broken gates and the trenches filled with corpses. You see the High Guardian single-handedly standing off against scores of them, casting a spell and then changing into a large elemental of earth and diving into them. All around you are the sounds and sights of combat. Morgul is not to be seen, but you can all still feel his presence and hear him in your mind. This prison of a city has already begun to fall. My freedom is at hand, as is the destruction of this world. Of course, if you were to grant me my freedom, you would reap the rewards of releasing me from my imprisonment. What about you, false dragonling? As our vision goes black, I am going to start forcing my thoughts mm -hmm. from what I am seeing to the vision we saw of the double-winged dragon taking him down. Okay. And that is the impression and the vision that I am concentrating on while he speaks to me. As he is speaking to you, you feel his... You feel his presence envelop you much like Eslin did. It's cold, cool, calculating, yet somehow tender, almost sensual in its embrace of you. Black. <laughs> I think the response is black. Mm -hmm. All of us react <laughs> All of you hear this as he speaks. But he is speaking directly to you at the moment, Naya. You say your ancestor is Therondir. I can see him in your thoughts. I can feel him in your mind. Yet I can smell the taint of elven filth within you. Do you not wish to embrace the skies as your dragon blood calls? can grant you that freedom. I do want that. But not from you. Not from... Mm -hmm. yep. Not from you. Not like this. I will find my own path and follow my father and my ancestors. And we will destroy you as he did. Very well, Morsel. We will see if your mind changes. As this is going on, Eslin, something catches your eye. A flash of white in the distance. As this scene carries on, you squint to, to see what it is. You see a lone woman fighting off a strange green-skinned figure with an elongated cranium, elaborate robes, and a black blade looking like a shard of corruption. You see the woman turn into the familiar black jaguar. 
to fight the creature after taking a grievous wound from her shoulder to her hip. The battle ensues, and you feel yourself called to rush toward her. Do you do so? Yes. Okay. As you rush, your legs feel like they're running slower than they should. As you push towards her, you're too late as the creature cuts the jaguar down. (laughs) Turns back into her elven form. The form of your grandmother is on the ground, unmoving. As Eslin runs off, Seol, the presence from Morgul moves from Naya to you. And you hear in your mind, I feel so much rage and anger within you. Do you not wish for the power to direct the fury within you? I can grant this. We could do such incredible things together. I already have someone giving me power. I don't need you. (laughs) We shall see. Eslin, you hear a roar to your right as you're still trying to fight to the figure on the ground. Uh, lost my place. And through the skies, the black saber-tooth form of your father, bleeding heavily from his side, and your mother's leopard form jump between the figure and Sidira. Jeremir, leaping forward, tangling with the creature while your mother takes her elven form, picks up Sidira and turns into an owl to fly her away. As that happens, you hear Jeremir's saber-toothed form roar in pain as the creature lands another attack, taking your father's left eye. So many thoughts running through your head, and your thoughts are interrupted as you now feel Morgul's presence. Such a pity. It seems you may have been too late, Morsel. If only you had been faster getting here. You may have been able to prevent this. Fear not, though. Should you and your party free me, I will fix all of this. And your grandmother, nay, your family, your city, will live. If not... There is silence for a moment. You feel Morgul's presence leave you. Instead of it completely leaving you, you feel one last trace of it guide your head to look around to your, uh, behind you. Rylight. Yeah, I figured this was coming. You feel Morgul's presence enter your mind. And there's something. Give me an insight check. Oh dear. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> that's not going to be good. Uh, ooh, that's a six. Okay. You sense a moment of hesitation, but you do not know if it is shock, awe, fear, what it is. You just... There's a, there's a momentary hesitation. Interesting morsel. I have not, I can offer you, Chosen of Lolth. Wait, 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 what was that? <laughs> you heard it. How do we all hear this? 
yes. Oh, oh, trust me, I'm I'm very interested in something I've heard so far. Specifically, about said it. Even though I know it, I'm like, yep, put the note there, so I know everyone knows. See how many underlines there are? <laughs> many, many underlines in Is her notes. Stars. I've got some mental underlines. So he uh, says he has nothing to offer me. Being Correct. You know, dragons. Ryerlight, kind of chuckling to himself. What? Closes his spell book. Sighs for a second. Looks at his hand that's still bandaged. Hands his spell book over to Hammer. Says, protect this for me. And starts walking up towards him. And starts saying... As darkness grows, light fades. Although it does not fade from this world, as no one, as no. Wow, I cannot Start read over. my. Yeah. As darkness <laughs> grows, light fades. Although it does not fade from this world. As hard as anyone tries, it will not fail. One cannot destroy the other. Darkness cannot exist without the other. Light always finds a way to overcome. Just. Uh, uh, the world does not exist without a give and take. Yin and yang, darkness and light. You may defeat us today. You may win this battle. You may escape from your prison. But know this, there will always be a tomorrow. There will always be a hope. There will always be those that oppose you. And by this time, Ryerlight is standing next to uh, Naya and uh, Eslin, grabs both of their hands and just lets all his raw magic power emanate through his hands into Eslin and Naya. Okay. <laughs> to the point where I'm willing <laughs> willing to pretty much take Rhyolite down to one hit point. Ooh, this is an interesting turn of events. I must do something here. Yeah, I am literally you do this. goosebumps <laughs> on both of us. Look at you. Oh. Just so the audience knows, Ryan, the person, wrote everything down. Uh-huh. Ryan, the person as he was reading as Ryolite, was skipping lines because he can't read straight. <laughs> <laughs> He's also shaking with nerves because we're all like nervous here. Okay, I forgot your book. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Ryolite dies. I apologize for every time I have flipped you off. Ryolite. As you. As you begin pushing this energy forward, you feel your tattoos begin to burn. I would like you to roll percentile dice for me, please. Percentile? Uh, I haven't rolled any of mine. I'm scared. <laughs> Is it okay if I roll them on the table since they're plastic? Yeah. Okay. I will roll them so everyone can see. That's a 33. Is that an 80? No, it's a 33. It's That's a 33. 33. Okay. Depends on what he's rolling for. <laughs> uh, roll a d20 for me, please. Oh, dear. I can't read that 
17. As you do this, you feel the energy beginning to leave you. And I will have you put Rylite down to one hit point because you are burning a lot of your life force to do this. Okay. Eslin and Naya, you feel this burning energy begin to radiate from Rylite into your hands. And as you look over to him, you can see that his hair, his eyebrows, like all of the hair on his body has become opalescent and is shimmering uh, with different arcane magics as this magic is pouring through all of you. The vision around all of you begins to crack. A future that is being shown to you of what happens when Morgul is freed by Therox begins to crack and crumble, this false vision being fed into you. And through these cracks, through this energy that is going through both of you, through your bonds of friendship and the trials and tribulations that you have already faced, fear of what could come from all of this with already witnessing the summoning of an odd creature in Caliban. A single piece of the vision falls out of the sky. Another one. And from the other side of it, you see blinding light as it begins to penetrate through this vision that all of you are seeing. More cracks appear, and then it shatters. The world around you shatters and crumbles into nothingness, to the inky blackness of shadow, the stink of the lair of a black dragon, the hisses, pops, puddles of acid. And what was once dull light in the center of the room, feeding from the energy that Rylite has pulsated into you and the connections that both of you have with the tree from your time here. The central coffin cracks. Once, twice, again, a spider web of cracks leaking out light pouring from the center of this coffin until it shatters like glass. And in the center of the room, between you and Morgul, is a figure similar to uh, Aubriel in height, but made of pure light. Her hair waving in an unseen breeze above her head. Her skin, her eyes, all piercing light. You can feel the heat radiating off of it from where you are. You feel the shadows screech as they do their best to claw away from this ever-burning light that has appeared in the middle of this room. You hear the kobolds through the caverns that you haven't been able to see as the light burns through them and destroys them. Once everything has settled, the figure stands in the middle of the room and you can feel a smile 
rather than see it. I'm glad you finally made it. That's where we're going to take a break. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So we come back to the party. Having just been pulled out of a vision from Morgul with some pretty intense magics by Rhylite, who is suddenly very shiny and doesn't feel very good. Some you pretty intense spotlight Naya's, stealing. Naya's Got it. holding you tight but mm-hmm. not crushing. Uh-huh. She's shaking. Uh, Rhylite doesn't notice the shaking because he's also shaking. <laughs> <laughs> he's not sure if it's because of blood loss, magic effect, or if he's just scared. The answer is yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aslan is also shaking, but she's drawing strength from the fact that two of her friends are essentially holding her hands. Mm-hmm. And the rest are backing us up. Yes. Abriel is standing in front of you guys, uh, facing the dragon, or her body facing the dragon with her hand outstretched and her head turned around to all of you. It's beginning to worry if you would make it or not. Nothing would have stopped us from getting to you. It's nice to see you with my own eyes rather than the eyes of my avatar up in the tree. Uh, It's kind of strange because the voice seems to be coming from the figure, but also emanating around. There's no lips. There's no... there, There are spots that you can see our eyes. There's no eye color. It is just a being of fiery light. Now that you're here, I suppose it is time for us to deal with this and end this once and for all. We're ready when you are. And she takes a step forward. Uh, The light emanating from her, causing the effigy of Morgul to to shrink slightly as her ever-burning light gets closer to him. I would like everybody to give me an arcana check. Twenty-three. Seven. Eleven. Ten. Twenty-five. Nice. Dang. Nice for the twenty-three, too. Yeah. I punch him in the head. You throw the book at the back of my head, and I just... Go to sleep. Good <laughs> night. Twenty-one. Okay, nice. so Rylight, Eslin, and Hammer. The three of you kind of seeing this happen when the coffin exploded. The egg seems to have almost disappeared. And then you can look and see that it's kind of buried under some of the rubble from where the coffin itself went. Um, the wheels start putting things into place. The finality of this has begun. The seed that was planted for Ula's navel was the crystal coffin with Aubriel's divine essence within it. The coffin is gone. The seed is gone. And while Aubriel's divine essence is here, there's going to be a power dynamic shift 
coming with this as the coffin, which is what kind of held the egg aloft at bay and was the transference between the egg and Aubriel's power is gone. So Aubriel is currently nearing what you would assume would be the most powerful that she could be. That also means that more ghoul is as well. Aubriel takes another step forward and the dragon recoils backward towards one of the darker areas where the light has not quite breached yet. What sorcery is this? As Aubriel is stepping forward? Yes. Eslin is stepping forward as well. Okay. Continuing to do so until Aubriel gets to where the egg is. Morgul is pinning himself backwards against the brambles in the area, utilizing the little bit of shadow that they still cast, regardless of the light, as his haven, so he does not get damaged by Aubriel's light. Aubriel reaches down and picks up the egg, turns and extends it to you, Eslin. I was looking at the same thing. <laughs> Rylite brings out a bowl and says, Scramble eggs. Eslin takes it, looks at Aubrielle and goes, Guide me what to do with it. Tag on it. I'm going to need that inspiration point back. <laughs> that that was an inspiration some, point. Some fresh tarragon. Yeah. <laughs> <Some> Chives. <laughs> the egg is warm to your touch. And it's off-putting. It's, it's, it's hard to explain, but it feels wrong. Just the Something this dark should not feel this warm? Yeah, kind of. Um, it... No, you're looking at me funny. No, I was looking at a microphone. Um, the <laughs> the egg sits heavy in your hand, and you can almost hear whispers coming from it. The souls that have been sacrificed and forced into this for a ritual to turn a dragon into a dracolich. You feel a smile come from Aubriel and a hand reaches forward it is searing hot you can feel the heat but it doesn't burn you I will guide you every step of the way Isla. as this is going on the rest of you see Morgul slipping through the shadows trying to find somewhere where he can pop out they have his phylactery they have his egg if something happens to it something happens to him I'm going to start lighting torches putting them at the edges of the room I don't know if it will help but that's what I'm doing okay Uh, you light a couple you start putting them in the corner of the room it seems that no matter what you do, even though it does help shrink the shadows a little bit, 
there is still shadow within the brambles that Morgul can hide in. Right. But you do help to increase as you do so ever so how long it takes. It does increase the radius of light within the room. So I'll light like four torches and put them along the walls. Like, mm-hmm. how, I mean, that'll take just a couple minutes to flare them up. But. Yeah. It takes a couple minutes to flare them up, and you can start doing so. Okay. Um, Rylite, stay back. You've done enough today. Oh, yeah. As soon as you guys start walking away, Rylite is on his knees, like, mm-hmm. weak as H word, and cannot stand him? up. Yeah, you can heal him. Okay. I'm going to do white on one of my javelins again. Just hold it for now. Okay. Prepared in case he tries to yep. be somewhere. All good. Little by little, Morgul's safe haven continues to deplete. Naya, as you are going around, you begin to sense... You begin to sense his fear. I'll just smile. As a dragon, sensing the fear of another dragon, it does something to you. You can feel like a primal savagery building within you that is compelling you to do so. A massive shadowy claw the size of you reaches from the shadow and swipes the residual power from Ryu's magic. As it hits you, light flashes from your chest and burns the claw away and you hear Morgul screech. I'll laugh. By now, Morgul's fear is palpable to all of you. Tasty. <laughs> is that the Snapple or the dragon, Andrew? Yes. <laughs> we love you. I wonder sometimes. No, we don't. <laughs> no. Just, just remember, TJ. All of our jokes are just to cover up our crying, and uh, fear, understandable, and nerves, yeah. and all the things. <laughs> like it's an unnerving laugh, probably oh, even to yeah. her friends. Like, she, yeah, it almost matching his laugh. Mm, it's it's discomfy, as I yeah. like to say. Discomfy. As Morgul's laughter which is echoed around this chamber is replaced (laughs) by that of Naya laughing as she feels Morgul's fear. Briar Light, having been healed, would have mustered up the courage to stand up, start walking towards Naya, and as she starts chuckling, tugs on her hand once more to just give her the essence of Remember who you are. Remember that you're better than this. I'll wink down at him. Okay. Succumb to the darkness. I'll wink at you to let you know I'm... I got... I got my faculties, but... It's a flex. Rylite, as you go over to Naya and you have this conversation... Your wrist burns a little bit. Just to, just something to know. Where the uh, bite mark appeared. Hmm. 
Eslan. The center of the room is bathed in this pure white light. Aubrielle steps away from you slightly, and you can still feel her smile, her grace. Light is a weapon down here. The only way to dispel the shadow is to fill the void with light. I am light. You must offer me as the sacrifice, empowering me and my spirit until it burns away. Look down at Ryo, like, are you listening? Are you hearing this? I will do as you ask, but I don't know how. You can see the light within her brighten, and it flickers more excitedly. She raises a hand. Time stops around you. You are still standing in the circular chamber. You see Naya mid-laugh frozen to one side of the chamber. Rylite next to her. Seol, Volkir, Hammer. All of them where they were standing previously. You see Morgul at the far end of the chamber, 60, 70 feet behind where the coffin would have been standing, one of the few points of shadow still existing within here. However, you see him for what he truly is. Rather than a being of shadow and and dark energy and the, the floating skull on top, you see a sad, whimpering, dragon He holds no power here. No true power. The power that he holds is stolen from Aubriel, from the people of Eldric, from those sacrificed to create him. As you look around from the center of the room, shimmering opalescent energy, much like that that encompasses or encompassed Rylite previously, begins to flow from the center of the chamber, up the walls, turning all of the bramble into gemstone. The walls of the cavern into opal. The pools of acid into clear, crystal, sweet water. They pool around you. They begin to rise, coating the chamber in six inches of water. It's cool to the touch, refreshing, removes the stink, removes the oiliness from the air. Everything is calm. Everything is pure.
From the center of the room, you see Aubriel as well. Not the roiling figure of light, but the young girl. Uncorrupted. Whatever corruption had seized her, causing her hair to blacken. Gone by the power of Rylite's magic and the shattering of the crystal coffin. She bounces back and forth on the balls of her feet and her heels. Looking up at you. Smiling. Her platinum eyes shimmering in the room. Beautiful rainbow gem. Reflecting. This is how this room used to be. Before the corruption finally took it. As it was when my father laid me to rest. You begin to hear voices. The conversation that you had with the High Guardian before you came in here starts to come to mind. The hopes, the dreams, the spirits of everyone who has ever fought and given their life and their, their lot in life to the protection of this tree. Feel the energy in the room as spirits of fallen of the fallen peoples of Eldric, those who have given their life through through decade, through century, many of whom bear circlets remarkably similar to yours. Many who are much older, many faces you have never seen, many faces forgotten in the pages of history books. The nameless tombstones, the nameless people from the crypts within the cemetery in Eldrick, where the names have long since rubbed off, but their memory still remains. They fill the room. And as more and more enter, the light within the room grows brighter. The opal shines more brilliantly. The brambles begin to break, falling away with new verdant growth taking their place. A woman who you've seen in a vision steps to the center of the tree and puts her hand on Aubrielle's back. Thank you for not abandoning us, for not abandoning my daughter. You hear the voices continuing to chitter around you. The, the chittering of the kobolds almost, you realize in the chittering of the kobolds previously, almost mocking of this pristine sound of all of these people from your history your city's history your people's history 
I have seen you in the stars. I have known for long that one such as yourself would come and aid us where my husband was not able to. We must empower the light. We must empower Aubrielle's divine sense. I ask, as all of the people around us ask, and you hear the chittering rise to an excited whisper. There's an electricity in the room. You can feel your hair stand on end. Will you pray with us? Nay. Will you pray for us? Will you be our voice? It would be my honor to do so. And the woman, Liana, smiles, nods, and you see her spirit rush forward towards you. Not violently, not angrily, not maliciously, but it glides toward you. And you feel the essence enter your body. One by one, all around you, the echoes and voices of those that reside here come to you. One by one, you feel them enter your body, enter your psyche, and become one with you. You feel the power of hundreds welling from deep within you. And in this moment, you know that you have the power to end this. Liana, pardon me, Aubrielle offers you her hand. She's still holding the egg, right? Well, she handed the egg to you, and the egg is still, like, I mean, in your hand Aslan's while... still holding the egg. Yes, yeah, she still has the egg in her hand while all of this is going on. And as a point of note, as these spirits come forward, essentially offering themselves to Eslin the whispers within the egg grow quiet. Eslin's going to set the egg down on the ground at her feet Mm -hmm. and take Abrielle's hands. Yes. Abrielle smiles up at you and leads you to the edge of the room close to where Morghul the, the scared little wormling that Morghul truly is stunted to. And you see a shrine formerly covered by these brambles. A shrine of prayer. A shrine of offering. What that offering may be, physically, metaphysically, spiritually anything is up to you so in the words 
the wonderful Matt Mercer as Lynn Estrella. How do you want to do this? As I try not to fall out of my chair at the moment. Please don't fall out of your chair. I would feel bad. It's okay. She would... Ask Gabrielle for just a moment. Of course. Dig into her pack and pull out an outfit that is very untraditionally Eslin. As we all know, Eslin sparkles. Yes. She would unbraid her intricate hairdo so her Platinum hair falls down to her waist. Over her outfit, she would put a simple dark green initiate's rope. Remove all of her other jewelry, except for her circlet, of course, because that doesn't come off. Right. And replace it with a simple silver medallion that is the symbol of her being a guardian. While she is in her pack, she would take the pink pearl necklace that she bought with her mother and her grandmother and lay that on the shrine. And then she would go to her knees to pray. Immediately upon placing the offering, the shrine itself begins to burn. The flame is not hot to you. The flame does not burn around the shrine, but the flame consumes the offering. And as the offering is consumed and you kneel and you begin to pray, the room comes back to life. The opalescent hues begin to fade. The verdant growth turns back into bramble. And all of you, not realizing that time had been stopped for you, Continue about your business, yet Eslin is suddenly kneeling in front of a burning shrine. From her, a dim light begins. And as her prayers begin to grow, begin to increase, this light spreads from her truly beginning to burn away at the brambles that are surrounding the rest of the shrine, which you now see is a shrine built in the effigy of Aubrielle holding her hands out in front of her. From underneath her, the acid that sits around her hisses 
and begins to clear. Instead of a vision of a room as it once was, the power of Eslin's prayer begins to recreate this room as it once was. Light, power, emanating from her and in the very center of the room where the burning divine body of Aubriel stands light flashes as she begins to also glow brighter and brighter along with these prayers you all watch Morgul no 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 and begins to writhe in pain as this light begins to overtake every safe haven that he can find after a few moments the light between Aubriel and the light between Eslin meets and from there it spreads all over the room clearing and cleansing the pools of acid relieving the stink for all of you making the room grow bright, giving the grandeur that I've previously described once again to all of your eyes. Morgul's screams persist, but they begin to weaken. All of you look as this massive effigy, shadow effigy of a Dracolich begins to burn away. The shadow starting from the tips of the wings, burning inward, all until it coalesces in the center of his chest and begins to burn away. You hear him shriek. You hear him yell. He curses all of you. But he's powerless here. This is not his domain anymore. And Eslin, believing this, you pour the, your heart, the heart of all of the spirits that have been here, into your prayers. Oblivious to the sights around you, knowing only that Morgul is fading. The walls glow ever brighter until until finally all of you must close your eyes as you can no longer deal with how burning this light is to all of you and there's one final screech and the room falls silent you hear bramble fall to ash you hear crystal crack and as the light begins to fade around you you look to the center of the room where the egg still rests in two pieces. It cracks again, and it continues to crack until all that's left is a pile of sand. 
Eslin. You continue your prayers until you feel the power that had entered your body begin to give out. Your vision fades. You feel yourself collapsing, but you smile. You know that you've succeeded. All of you look around the room. There's no trace of the bramble. There's no trace of the acid. The stink is gone. The oiliness in the atmosphere is gone. Even the drips of water from somewhere high above seem to have ceased in this opalescent chamber of crystal and verdant growth. In what was once the crypt of Aubriel Valdorian. You hear a gentle thud as Eslin's body collapses in front of the shrine. Point of note, sometime in all of that, I would have taken Rhyolite's hand again and told him thank you for grounding me once again. When I hear her fall, I rush towards her. I will have done the same. Okay. She is breathing. Um... She is alive. Sigh of relief. (laughs) I can't even say she's unconscious. Whatever transpired that none of you saw seems to have taxed her greatly. She's asleep. Well, as asleep as an elf can be. Forced trance in dire need of rest. What do all of you do? Perhaps we should stay here and rest before heading up to the surface. It's going to be a long journey to get through everything that collapsed, I think. Are his his ashes still laying there? The ashes of the egg are, yes. Sand, yeah. Or the sand of the egg. I I sweep them into a pouch. (laughs) I was going to do the same to, like, dump them over the sea at some point. So, okay. Right, like, sees that. We might as, need those as proof. As uh, he's talking to Naya. Can see in the background of, like, if this is, like, a cut scene. He's talking, and then in the background, his focus fades. And Hammer's just, like, with a, like, broom somehow. <laughs> just sweeping stuff up. And he goes, get some extra for me. Uh, anyways, as we were talking about, um. Do we think it's safe down here? I mean, I realize going, coming down here was an adventure in together, but going up is probably going to be an adventure too. But we left up the ground with an army. Do we really want to rest a night and then go up there and find out the city is under war? I think the city was as prepared as it could be. And I don't think Eslin is going to be of any use until she gets rest. I agree. And I think... Doesn't she take less time to... She does. Depending on how taxed she's been. Out of everywhere in this tree, 
I feel like this room would be the safest room to stay. If you want to move on, I will carry her. But I think it's in her best interest after this to rest. We could have you carry her for the hours she needs, if you are able to. No. No? How do you spell Morgul? M-O-R-G-U-U-L. Oh, that's not how I spelled it? Cool. <laughs> yeah, sorry. M-O-R-G-H-U-L is how I've been spelling it. Uh, I could carry her for a little while, but not for that long. In order to rest, you have to be actually, like, laying down and sleeping. The most motion you could be could be, like, in a cart attached to a horse. A dragon lady carrying you. (laughs) (laughs) While some people might be into, it's not the most restful thing. My die just bailed out of my dice. (laughs) I saw that. Nice. Briarlight, as the conversation is going, looks at everyone, can see not just the physical damage of everyone, but the mental damage of everyone. Looks at himself, his hands, seeing wrinkles that weren't there, his legs shaky, looks down at his wrist, remembers the burning sensation and says, maybe rest is best here, and takes out the orb and chucks it into the center of the room, wherever there's a big enough thing where I'm not going to damage You can anything. absolutely find something in here. Yep, big and enough to do that. summons the cottage. I love mm-hmm. that thing. I should carry Eslin into the cottage and not to Ryo and thanks. Um, as you go over to pick up Eslin, you reach down. She dies. No. You reach down and you feel a burning sensation and the urge to pull your hand away. I will and look over her again to see what what's going on. There are four people standing over her that you didn't see initially. More like they manifested themselves as you reached forward. Leave her defense to us. A wrinkled old woman, bearing a circlet much like Eslin's, speaks. Another young man walks forward. I will take care of her. Get to rest. The other two remain silent, stalwart, standing around her. I will bow to them. Thank you for watching over her. And us. They simply nod. I will back away slowly and let everyone else know what I've seen in case they can't see it. Uh, As people look out, it is visible to them now. They had just not manifested themselves before. I was thinking I was going to put a blanket on her, but then I remembered that the blanket is probably burnt away with the poison upstairs. On the floor. Y'all are down some blankets. (laughs) And a very fancy cape. And a very fancy cape. I think that's still intact. You can go try and find it. Mm, It's not. (laughs) Touches it and falls over. Paralyzed. Go get you a weapon. Just pick it up and it's just stiff. (laughs) Is everyone alright? 
For the most part. Did you guys go into the cottage or no? I'm I'm heading in there now as I ask everyone if they're okay. Okay. Uh, Seol will be the last one in, and before he goes in, he kind of gives the people above Eslin a look, pulls out one of the bracelets he made, and ties it on her wrist, and then goes in. Yes. I'll pick Uh, up Ryo on the way in the door. Immediately, (laughs) two of them reach toward you. There's a moment of recognition. They nod to you. And go back to standing around her, allowing you to place the bracelet on her wrist. You have a bracelet. As you are entranced, Aslan, while you appear to be entranced to the people in the outside world, you very much feel yourself laying in this chamber, though you are conscious. You can feel yourself smiling, a sense of pride in what you've accomplished and how you've accomplished it. As you're laying here, you feel all of the spirits that gave you their power beginning to leave one by one. Each one, as they leave, turns to you, bows, and thanks you for giving them rest. Though they have done their best in protecting the tree, hundreds of years of afterlife still takes a toll. Every one of them thanks you and gently kisses your forehead as they vanish into whatever the afterlife has in store for them now. Finally to find rest. Finally to find peace now that they are no longer held back by the corruption of Morgul. When the final one leaves, you look up and see Liana, who kisses your forehead and lingers for a moment. As from behind her, Sildrian steps out with his hands around his daughter, holding her tight to him. Eslin Estrella. He speaks. I thank you for finishing my mission, for finishing what I should have done all of those years ago. I had not the power. I had not the will. But I still held my hope that one such as you would come and fulfill this. You have given me the greatest gift in this afterlife. You have returned my daughter to me, and there are not words 
There are not gifts that I could give. That would be thanks enough. So please take the thanks of an old man who mismissed his family for so long. And know that you have done right by us and done right by our people. And that if anyone in this world can lead us to a new way of life, it is you. Liana puts his puts her arm around his shoulder, gives him a kiss on the cheek. I believe she understands love. Let us let her rest. She needs it. Aubrielle worms her way out of her father's arms and leaps at you, landing full on on your chest in like full toddler jump attack tackle style and gives you a big hug thank you for giving me my father back continue being you Eslin continue being kind and she kisses your cheek and you do feel something on your cheek but you're tired. Your vision's fading. Into your medit into more of a true meditation. She runs back to her father. All three of them turn back to you one last time. Bow, nod, and disappear into the ether. And that's where we're going to end today. <laughs> are you happy about yourself? Always. <laughs> there are tears. Yep. Oh my god. Another act. Good night.